welcome to the Business of Property podcast. I'm Simon. And I'm Stuart. We're both property people running our own businesses. This podcast is just us chatting, as we do every week, about anything and everything property. Now, we're going to start with a, a very strange tale, I think, here. Because, Stuart, after trying for, for a long time, I think perhaps over a year, to sell a property, you have deliberately pulled out of a sale in progress on that property. So what on earth are you playing at? (laughs) Well, it's definitely deliberate. I certainly wouldn't uh, pull out accidentally and please no lewd jokes sent to us. (laughs) Yes, you're right. It's been, the property's been for sale since at least October 2020. We've had two fall-throughs and an agreement in January to purchase the property. And the bottom line is we agreed to sell it in January to someone that had offered before, then themselves pulled out. And we agreed to the sale on a key proviso. And one of those, the key proviso was that it would be an expedient sale, i.e. they would move this as quickly as they possibly could. We have already done the legals at least once, possibly more. Not that you can redo them, but the, you know, the solicitor could recheck. Just as a reminder, we got two days before exchange on the first, before the first fall through. So we were, we were ready to go. I mean, we were, we were almost there. So everything was done our side. However, despite that proviso, three months on, the purchaser that did promise a quick move through still doesn't have a mortgage offer. First thing I want to say is that I, I would never pull out of a sale likely. I don't like to agree to things and then renege. That's just not just not my modus operandi. But in this situation, particularly as it's a personal property, I had to make the decision with my wife based on what we felt would be the be- in our best interests. And whilst I don't like to, again, renege on deals where we've agreed things, when we sat down and just talked about this in an unemotive way we both agreed that the best thing for us personally was to not continue with the sale at this time and and that's what we did the interesting elements to this are number one the the agent on this was really in contact with us you know throughout we would only receive responses when we asked for them when we asked for progress And we did set an ultimatum a couple of weeks ago to say, look, by the end of April, if we don't have very clear milestones and actions in place by April 30th, we are going to close this sale. It still hasn't happened. It's still a bit wishy-washy. And I know you'll have a few questions for me on this. Before we get to that, the, the addendum to this is that as of this recording, we emailed the as professional as we could an email to the estate agent identifying our reasons why we were closing the sale we have not yet had a response from the estate agent and we're talking more than 24 hours later and to me that kind of tells us the story and while I'm disappointed and I know it's frustrating it'll be frustrating for the buyer at least I think it will we made decisions for ourselves and you know, I would still expect some communication back from the estate, even if it was just trying to pull this one out of the fire, because I put our reasoning and rationale in the email and 
my opinion was that if if they wanted to fight for it, we'd given them a few breadcrumbs to to maybe come back at us. Oh dear, but they haven't. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, can, can we dig into to why you were selling and then why it's not so suitable for for you selling now? So, I think you were you were selling it originally because this was a, a personally owned property, and you and your family were. Were, were moving and buying again your own home which you you were moving out of rental we we've talked about that previously on the podcast and i think you were selling this this flat um as part of raising the the funds deposit etc you needed for that process and and obviously you've you found alternative ways now because you've moved <laughs> so so is it is it just that that's sort of alleviated that that pressure because you've been forced to find other ways and and now it it doesn't make as much financial sense to to go through no that's a good recollection and the, the other ways we found were bank of mum and dad so <laughs> so we needed some support we obviously did uh, as much of it as we could but knowing well back at this time you know we had to as you know on new builds you know they set an exchange date you know a month after you've agreed to sell even though the, the house build wasn't going to be completed for another several months so we needed to have funds in play. This is back in 2020, at the end of 2020. And so we just made sure that all the bases were covered and put the property on the market, knowing that you know, the property the market could be bumpy and we wouldn't get those funds. And obviously that's proven to be the case. So the pressure on releasing those funds has diminished because obviously the, the, the parents, the, the in-laws aren't pressuring us for those funds yet. They, they might need them. Yeah, it could happen at any stage, and, and we have had that conversation. So, so number one was the pressure to release those funds is less. Number two is that we have rented that property out on and off as shared on this podcast on Airbnb, but you know we hit our 90-day limit very, very quickly. It's such a rentable property. And just a reminder that in certain areas, and certainly London, Greater London is one of those areas, where there are 90-day limitations, won't go into that here, but we, we hit that pretty pretty much straight away. So as soon as we hit the end of March, we'd, we'd rented for all the nights that we could. Before that and now after that, we, we then have a, an empty property. And of course, that property is still costing us money. We still have to pay council tax. We still have to pay the electricity, low though it is, and so on. So we, we then got a property sitting there. Coupled with the fact that because this process process has taken so long, we're now getting closer to the end of our early redemption charges, ERCs. So they are reducing steadily as we go along. And and in a year's time, they'll be removed. And those ERCs for us were several thousand pounds. And also, we're upgrading the property slightly just for because it's been empty and we wanted to rent it. We said, well, okay, let's, you know, let's change the the oven and, 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 you know, a couple of little bits. And finally, of course, in that two and a bit years, and, and actually the first time we agreed the price on this property was, let's say, several months ago. My true belief is that the, the property value has changed. So all of those factors together, we sat down and talked about it and said, well, actually, let's not just have this empty property. Let's take it back. Let's just rent it on, a, on an AST let hopefully just a six month. And the other thing I should say as well, so I completely get that banks take forever. I've 
you know, as we know, it's taken me a number of months just to get a further advance. So I completely sort of empathise with the, the purchaser that the bank offer may, mortgage offer may well have taken that long. But we weren't updated on that. And for, for it to take three months without any information for me is, is hard to stomach. And, and the real killer for me was the fact that we've got this deed of variation issue, and I'm not going to go into that on this podcast again, but essentially there's a legal element Small in terms of finance, it's going to cost a thousand pounds to fix, but we know it's what scuppered at least one of the previous purchases. And so, although the estate agent is saying, Well, it's fine, we'll, we'll move on to exchange complete, we kind of say, Well, we don't think that's true. We think that once the offer's happened and they're going to then mention this deed of variation to the bank, this is going to have to go around the wheel again. And we'll be left there sitting for another two or three months with an empty property, you know wrapping our fingers on the table, wondering when it's going to happen. And and to be honest, when my wife and I made this decision, there was just relief across both of us. And I think it's just because we suddenly said, okay, we've made a decision. We're not just sitting here waiting, waiting, waiting. We've made a decision. Okay, it's not everyone's going to be happy with it. But you know what? We're happy with it. At least we know what we're going to do for the next six to 12 months, and then we'll review. Yeah, so the the, the closer you get to the end of your ERCs, your, your redemption charges, of course, the, the more tempting it is to just wait that little bit of time so you, you don't have to pay them at all. So even, even though they're getting getting less, I can understand you wanting to wanting to wait until they're zero. <laughs> but, uh, your situation where you, you thought that it's now worth a bit more than the agreed price, I, I think there's, there's lots of strange dynamics in the current market because it is seemingly moving so quickly. In so much as I, I've heard from a couple of sources recently that most conveyancing processes are taking around six months now i mean obviously yours you were expecting to be much faster by agreement and because you had lots of stuff prepared and indeed i've, I've heard from somebody else recently who has managed to complete in, in under two months so it, it does happen but i think most are around six months and of course in that time the market moves on so you're going to you're going to put in an offer have it accepted and then three months later maybe your your mortgage company comes back or maybe four months later, your mortgage company comes back and sorts out their survey and their surveyor says, actually, we're going to downvalue it by, by a little bit. And then you, you go around the, the houses and decide on that. And then another two months later, you're actually ready to complete. And you're looking at, at property listing prices and they're now 10% more than the price you agreed, mm-hmm. never mind the price you've been downvalued to by your, your mortgage company. And it, it, I think lots of people are going to be reaching their completion day and thinking, hang on, this, this can't be right. The the price we're selling for just isn't in line with with what we can can see out on the market. So it's very very strange dynamics when the the property market is seemingly hot, seemingly going up by ten or more percent a year, and yet there are other forces sort of pushing back behind the scenes around sort of mortgage companies and surveyors and things like that. So yeah, but very, very odd. And I can certainly understand you you thinking that or deciding that it's just simpler and easier to put it all behind you and <laughs> try again later. Yeah. Especially when it's now empty and costing you money just to have sat there doing nothing. So effectively, you're going to turn this, this empty house that's costing you money now every day into one that's making you money again. So how are you doing that? Yeah, so we're going to put it on for rent. And just before we move on to that, I want to say that yeah, I've been in that situation before where I've agreed a price on a property. The conveyancing process took several months and 
I was convinced that the property was worth 10% more than, than the offer we'd accepted. And I checked it and checked it, and I believe that to be true. However, and that was one of my limited company properties, I'd agreed the price and the price to sell it, and that's what we were going to sell it for. So while that does happen, and again, everyone makes their own decisions at the right time. I mean, if this property went up by 50 grand, of course, I would, I would pull it. But it wouldn't typically be, typically be my you know, motivation. It was just that combined with everything else led us to think that this was going to be the, the right decision for us. And as hard as it is, because I, you know, like you, like you and others, I'm sure, is that you know, you, we don't want to disappoint people and frustrate, but sometimes we do have to think of our own best interests. And yeah, I put the property on Visor, which is a, a website that we've spoken about before, where you can just upload your property. All of the details are already on it. We've got all the photos that we've used for Airbnb and, and so on. And we, we put it on Visum at a cost of £89. And you know, at this time of recording, within well less than sort of 12 hours, we've had 23 inquiries. And because I wanted to move really quickly with it, I, I, and I knew based on my previous experience that the first few people that saw it would, would just offer because it is that sort of property. Literally, the first person that saw it said, yes, we'd really like it. We'll pay the deposit. We'll pay you six months up front. <laughs> and, and I'd only arranged the two viewings. And then, the, you know, the second person came along and I felt really bad. I said, look, you know, I've already cancelled inquiries on this because, I, you know, we, it's, we're just getting inundated. So we still need to go through some of the vetting process. However, it's quite clearly a very, very hot market for, for renting. Yeah, it is, isn't it? And how did you decide the, the rent you were going to ask for? So, I mean, you, you've rented it in the past as an AST, but that was some while ago now. So presumably you've, you've increased the rent. And, and how did you decide on the level to go for? Yeah, well, yeah, the, the previous rent was um, just under £1,000. We, we simply looked at what was currently available on the market and there's a lot on the market. So it's, it's uh, as I mentioned before, it's a studio flat, but it's it feels like a one bed just because of the way it's organised. Very close to the River Thames. I had a walk along it yesterday after I did the viewings. Stunning, you know, little location. It's right next to Kingston Town Centre. It's you know a two minute walk from the centre of town. And because of the expediency we want with this, we're offering it with all bills. So we're covering the electric, water, and uh, broadband. So. That, that just kind of gave us, um, you know, an idea of where we wanted to put it in the market. So it's kind of not as high as some because it's not as big as a one bed. But given that we've got everything included, you know, we, we've put a couple of hundred pounds onto it. And, and like I say, there was there's certainly been no question from people that are coming to see it. And, you know, I felt really very bad. The guy that came to second person that came to see it yesterday kind of said, like, you know, this is just a lovely studio. I've seen some, but this is like, you know, this is really good. And I said, like, I don't want to disappoint you, but. I work on a first-come, first-serve basis. The person that's already seen it has already said they're, they're interested, but if anything changes, we'll let you know. But, yeah, so we think it's a fair market price, but it does show me that the market's moved a lot in the last couple of years. We, you know, we were renting it for, you know, around £900, and it's, you know, reasonably gone up by at least 20%. I'd say, if, you know, if, if we were going to be more approximate, if we, if we did all the work to it that we needed to do to it, I'd say probably 30%, 35%. So big change yeah I, i'm curious about a couple of things in, in there first of all 
quick one. You had it furnished for your Airbnb letting. Are you renting it furnished now as well? Yeah. Yeah. So you're including bills. Now, are you not a bit concerned about doing that on a on a longer term tenancy? So AST, six months minimum, but could potentially be longer than that. When in about six months time, we're expecting a 50 to 100% increase in energy costs and gas and electricity bills. Are you concerned about doing that? No, because it's electric only. It's not a gas property. There's, there's only electric at the property. So yes, the electric could go up, but given the numbers that we're looking at, we, we think we can, we can cover that. I mean, there's only so much they can do there. They're storage heaters, so they only come on at certain times anyway. Obviously, we're just about to hit the summer, so they're not going to get used so often. And then the only other bill is fixed, which is the broadband and water, which we, we know what we've been paying. So there is a little bit of risk attached to it. But again, for the for the monthly price and for the for the people moving in when they're going to pay six months up front, that kind of gives us uh, an opportunity to, you know, to hedge against that. Yeah, I'll ask you that question again in October and uh, see, see how you're... <laughs> the the six months up front so i've had prospective tenants offer me things like this before as well and i've heard lots of horror stories about people making this sort of offers as well as in they sort of want to offer up front pay you a, a chunk to to secure the property and and make sure that it's 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 theirs rather than going anywhere else but then that's the only rent you ever get and they turn the property into a drug den or cannabis farm or whatever. And and it's a disaster after that. And this sort of cash up front is really uh, about hooking you in as a, as a landlord. So what have you come across that sort of thing before? Have you, are you concerned about that or are you, what, what's mitigating that risk for you? Well, having met the prospective tenant number one and yeah, speaking with them, understanding their situation, getting a feel for it. My view is that maybe the possibility of of, of someone mistreating it may increase, or or someone trying to to take advantage of it by by paying up front could be increased because of that. But then, equally, I think it's it's the same as it's just the same as renting. You know, we 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 just have to do our due diligence, as you and I talk about all the time. You know, I've spoken with this person. You know, I do a, bit, a little bit of online research. A lot of the people that come to view this property are either working at the university or the hospital. That tends to give us, you know, a fair amount of confidence. Although, you know, in one of my properties, we had five nurses once, and I have to say they uh, they like to party. Let's uh, let's say that. So, you know, so it, yeah, it's it's not down to profession, gender, or anything else. It's it's obviously an individual thing. So, yeah, we will. So, the answer to the question is no. I don't feel any more nervous. We'll do our sort of credit checks. I've I've an understanding of their situation and what it is, and and I feel comfortable with it. You know, again, ask me in six months, and we'll see we'll see how this goes. We've already had one issue with it for for those that don't remember which is where we wanted to do a three-month term got you know created a contract for that and then the person decided that they wanted to stay longer even though we had verbally been very clear we had put it in writing in a contract uh, they then said well no I don't want to change but you know in the end they, they did leave but so I'm I'm 
fully cognizant that these things can go wrong. But with, with my glass half full, I still like to believe that yeah, more often than not, we'll be working with uh, people that uh, are just like ourselves and just want to live in a good home and treat it well. Okay, cool. Yeah, I, I think that's all you can do, isn't it? You can just take precautions, do the checks you can. And as you say, meeting the people, I think, is a, a big, big factor that, that does help. So my last question, probably, maybe at the moment, is how is this? How have you sold this to the, the people moving in? Are they, are they expecting it to be a, just six months and then move on? Or is it six months to start with and then perhaps more? And are they sort of expecting this to be a, a longer term thing? Yeah, so, well, I just approach this the way I try and approach most things, which is as transparently as I possibly can. And when we first put this up online, it was very clear. It said, it, I think I've got it in capital letters. It's still on right move. It says short-term let only, approximately three to six months. And then when I meet the people, or, 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 they, or they have to message, and I just say, because we get quite a few messages, so I could probably say, let's say a quarter of those contacts we had were asking if they could have it for longer. And I just say, look, we can't do that, I'm afraid, because we are putting the property on the market or it's on the market. And like with this tenant yesterday, we just have a conversation. A few of the people that have seen it, one wanted it for six months, one wanted it for nine. So they're very specific. And again, because it's a studio flat, a lot of people are going to be quite um, you know transitory. They're going to be moving through because they want to move on somewhere a bit bigger and you know, the location is fantastic, but they'll want a little bit more space and, and so on and so forth. So we just have the conversation. And, you know, th- this particular person said, we'd actually like it for you know, six months. And I said, look, that's fine. But just be aware that we could put it back on the market. I said, it's been on the market. That'll mean we might have viewings. If that happens, we'll always try and limit it to one day so that you're not disturbed and so on. So we, we, we just approach it as transparently as possible uh, and make sure they understand. So with, with them expecting just six months, do you have a plan for the end of that six months? Are, are you definitely going to put it back on the market? Are you not quite sure at the moment? And indeed, if you are going to put it back on the market, are you thinking sort of in three months' time so that you, you've got that overlap before you end up with a, an empty property costing you money again? The, the, our intention is actually just to get it rented, that's first priority, get it rented so that the mortgage is covered again, because obviously that is a big drain on our resources. Second priority, we want to start upgrading the property. So again, I was transparent with the prospective tenants yesterday. I said, look, just so you know, we're going to change the hob, we're going to change the uh, extractor fan, we're going to change the oven, which may or may not happen when you're here. It's a very, it's a quick process. It's a half day thing, but just want you to be aware that that's going to happen. Again, most of them are fairly happy with that. It means they're going to get something new. This particular tenant said, can it happen before we move in? I said, actually, yeah, it can. So because we've had that conversation, we're just going to work around it. We'd actually like to upgrade the property further. It's, it hasn't been touched since my wife bought it. So I'm just going to say 10 plus years ago. But you know, just, just putting some new bits into it. it. It got to freshen up a few years ago in terms of painting before we put it on the market. But so we'll, we'll get it into a better state and then towards the end of that six months i think we're going to make a decision about whether actually we then just take it to the end of the erc period and therefore have nothing to to pay in ERCs and and, and hopefully get that money in our pocket or whether we still 
want to put it on the market to sell it. And uh, and that's kind of how we'll approach it. Cool. Well, I think we're going to leave this episode there because we're, we're about at time. So thank you very much for, for listening. If you've enjoyed listening to Stuart and I chat about property this week and, and every week, please do make sure you're subscribed in your podcast listening app of choice. And why not leave us a, a rating and review? We, we really do appreciate any that we do receive. You can also contact us on social networks, on Twitter particularly, biz of property, B-I-Z of property is where you can reach us. Or you can contact us through our website, which is thebusinessofproperty.com, which is also where you can find show notes. And Stuart and I will talk to you again next week. Bye.